electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Tyler Matheson, and tonight for Melissa Lee. Your traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Carter Woods, Steve Grasso, and Guy Adami. And tonight on Fast, the market's ending the week on a down note. Our fears of a global slowdown and the coronavirus seeping back into investors' minds. we got some ideas on that. Plus, it's Friday, and you know what that means for our chart of the week. Hmm. If you're spooked by today's swing, Guy has an idea that you will want to check out. There's the chart. We'll figure it out later. And we're counting down to the Oscars just over two days until the industry's biggest awards are handed out. But why are this year's results so very important to Netflix? We're going to dive into the streaming race, which has more entrance today than it did yesterday. But we start with some good old-fashioned car talk. Mm -hmm. It has been a big week for the auto stocks and those affiliated with it. You got Uber just having its best day ever, reporting better than expected results. The company also laying out a new roadmap to profitability. Flipside, Ford stalling out this week after missing earnings estimates. The stock also taking a hit today after the automaker announced a leadership uh, shakeup. And then there is Tesla. That stock went on a total joyride this week. Oh, my goodness. Up and down. The electric car maker having its biggest (laughs) one-day gain in six years Monday before cratering back down to earth. So buckle up, folks, to hit the road and find out if any of these car stocks should be in your portfolio. Guy, what do you think? Well, listen, I'm not going to go down the Tesla route because I've I've been grim death with that one. And Ford, the stock, has been just abysmal. But the one that looks the most interesting out of the three that we just talked about is General Motors. Dan Nathan, who appears on this show from time to time, does a great job, did a power pitch for GM the other night, and it made a lot of sense. I think you can trade it on the long side against the low we saw in May around 31 and a half, 32. We can talk about valuation, although, quite frankly, I don't think that matters. But if they can get this whole EV thing right, which they might be on the verge of, I think the risk-reward at these levels makes a little bit of sense. In Is GM. it a long-term buy-and-hold kind of stock or a trading stock? I think if you get it right here, if you somehow can hold this 32 level, it could potentially be a general electric for Steve and for Tim, that type of thing. So, so if, yes. you, if you look at that chart, though, that they just had up in GM, I, I, I just still see a lower trend line. It's terrible. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a terrible trend line. They're all chasing on the EV front. They are all chasing Tesla. Yeah. They're revamping. They're restructuring. It's not over yet. You're going to have time to buy this. And, and listen, traditional automakers, if you want to call them that, it's a lot of bifurcation. Nissan's making seven-year lows. Toyota's making all-time highs. I mean, it's just you got to get the right one. But there are themes in the auto patch that obviously are very important going forward. Tim, thought on GM? Well, I, I like or, GM. Or the car stocks. Uh, uh, just to be clear, I mean, did we, did we refer to GM as GE? Did you no, no, no. I said it GM could be. could be the same situation that GE finds itself in now. That's Okay, you did say that. I did. No, that's yeah. absurd. Yeah. It's not even close to GE proportions. I realize the stock has been kind of sideways. <laughs> this company's had record earnings. This stock trades, first of all, it, it trades as cheap as it ever has, and maybe that, that should tell you something. But to me, I, I think they're actually doing things right at GM. I think actually they're going to have an autonomous business and a robo-taxi business, and I think they're reasonably well-positioned. If we want to anoint Tesla the, the head of the pack, I think the market has already done that. That's fine. Um, I think you've got a dynamic where GE, first of all, one of the reasons why this company put itself at odds with the White House is that it's running itself much more efficiency. It's, it's certainly 
focusing on its most profitable vehicles, which we know are SUVs and pickup trucks. And I think they are well positioned on technology. This has been a long term holding of mine. The valuation is very good. It's a solid dividend yield. The balance sheets, uh, I think, as strong as it's ever been. So I know you aren't doing this, but I mean, when we this isn't a broken story like GE. It's not even close. Right. It's not not even close because GE is up 15 percent and GM is down 8 percent. So I, I think what Guy was talking about was a, a turnaround sort of haze over of the and a halo that you could have over it. Uh, I, I don't see it happening just yet. We've, they've decided to move away from sedans. No one buys a sedan. Everyone wants to buy an SUV. So I think there's some innings left in the turnaround story. You don't have to rush out and, and buy so these far, things. Tesla has been in a one-horse race here in electric vehicles, right? I mean, well, in terms of the stocks, yes, but the, the stock, competition has been out there for a while now. It's but quickly, been there, but they haven't nibbled all that much at them. I think they've come quick. But in terms of GM, quickly, I mean, you could make an argument that the last 10 years has been sort of the best decade for car sales maybe ever in the history right, of the United States. Sure. The stock market's only gone up. Close it today, we're within a percent and a half of an all-time high. Yet GM, the stock, is the exact same price it was Five years ago. So although maybe the company is in terms of record profits and those types of things, you know, you can make that argument. The stock has been awful. I guess that was my comparison. Let's remember that when this whole thing started, the only competition that Tesla had was the Toyota Prius. It was a terrible looking vehicle. Now they've all come really far. But I think the the we still gauge auto companies, true auto companies, to a higher mark on fundamentals than we do Tesla. Let's Tesla has the luxury and, and, and of the everything. A quick thought on Ford before I banish I mean, you over to the to well, the Tesla. Yeah, it's just it's worse than GM. Yeah, I meaning we have it's not just this. You are electric or you aren't. Again, because then that wouldn't account for Toyota being at all time highs. Why Mazda and Nissan are making seven eight year lows. So it has to do with obviously your operating prospects going forward, valuation, debt, and all those things that that uh, people like to talk about. But Ford's worse than GM. Yeah, yeah. They've just brought in a new COO, right? Uh, what's the book on him? Does anybody know? Well, I, I think if, if you look at Ford, this is a company that also just hasn't done the difficult things with, with their balance sheet. Uh, Ford Credit, I think, has been a liability. It will continue to be a liability. So, uh, you know, that that's, I, I think, the issue. This is this is a more complex uh, balance sheet and, and kind of credit story. I think it's a, it's a stock where you have certainly seen significant underperformance over the last couple of years. And, and back to, you know, is there competition for Tesla? And, and let's not confuse why Tesla is rallying versus, you know, the competitive landscape for EV vehicles. Analysts, whoever's doing this, uh, people that are covering shorts, whatever it is, are, are, are digging Tesla because they're making this into a data play. Obviously, the, the miles-driven dynamic that puts them so far ahead has nothing to do with people selling autonomous vehicles and being car companies. And if you look at BMW and if you look at some of the other players, Volvo's got a very competitive, uh, I think, alternative. The competitive landscape is there. That's not why people are valuing Tesla where they are, as far as I can tell. And quickly, Ty, before sure. you banish I'm one banish part worth... Uh, you mentioned the COO, the new incoming. The, new the only reason that Ford might have a shot now is because Jim Farley is a graduate of? G-Town. Georgetown University. Oh, Aren't they all? Just throwing it out there. In Just my hometown. Just throwing it out there. You know those, those, those exorcist steps that come down? Don't even say the word. We Please. Do, no, no. Stop. 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 Did you, Stop. Did, you Stop. Run, did you ever run to Dixie Liquors? Yeah, 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 you did. Yeah, Natty yeah, Bo. Yeah. I get some kegs oh, in Natty Bo. Oh, oh yes. my God. See, now you jinxed us. We used to try and run across the Key Bridge with the kegs. We're still on that work. I know. I know. I'm just reminiscing. I'm reminiscing. All right, Carter. You think the auto trade. I can guess that you think the auto trade is done based on what you just said. Well, I don't think there ever was a 
trade, but we're going to look at it. Walk us over there. So the interesting thing is you've got you've got winners look that are really doing quite well, and obviously others that are doing poorly. There's a great ETF that captures this if one wants to trade it, and in fact, it's a very cute symbol: cars, C A R Z. That's cute. And it is the global auto index. It's 32 stocks. It's a trillion dollars, and it's the names that you know. I mean, and here they are. Let's just roll through this quickly in alphabetical order. BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Ford, GM, Honda, all big names. You can picture them. You know what their products are. Hyundai, Kia, Mazda, Nissan, Peugeot. Let's keep going. Porsche, Subaru, Toyota, Tesla, among others. But that's just a handful of the big ones. And here is that chart. I mean, it has all the elements of a bearish to bullish reversal. A long downtrend, scalloping out, turning, bottoming. But is it? So it's weighted towards Toyota and Tesla, the two are 25%. If you equal weight all of those, from Subaru to Mazda to Nissan and so forth, take a look at what the chart actually turns into next. There is no bottom. So it's being overly influenced by a few names that are pulling up. Let's look at longer term. Here's the CARS ETF as constructed by the owner of that ETF. And the betting is, of course, in the world that this is just like 2016. We had an industrial earnings recession and then China scare and the world improved. This is just like 2016 and that we're coming out. So if that's the analog, it should hold up with the equal weight. Does it hold up? Here comes the equal weight index. It does not. In 2016, we did turn. This time, no, sir. It is making new lows. Something's wrong. Or let's trade but, it. What well, you, you know, it's interesting. So, uh, and Carter, I don't know if, if you if you looked at the chart of BMW or if we can bring it up, but but BMW, which is I think the third or fourth highest weighting in the cars ETF, that chart looks very similar. And and to me, it's it's very emblematic of, of course, the European indices, which of, of course the big industrial part of owning the DAX is really in Daimler, BMW, and some other industrial names. But uh, to me, if you're looking for some really global acceleration, and and much in the way we saw European bourses starting to rally before we ran into uh, the coronavirus, I think that's part of the trade. And I think BMW. And, and Daimler are traded more as proxy plays for the German economy. And therefore, I think those charts look kind of interesting. It's interesting. I'm, not, I'm dropping names again, but I have Go. to quickly. So I was at Columbia University. It's up on 114th oh, yeah. Street. Up, up that way. It's no George. And it was, no, it's not. <laughs> but with, the, with that nice school, nonetheless. But with that said, there were four power pitches. And one of them was for a company called Carvana by uh, a, a very interesting gentleman. I don't want to get into the details, but take a look at this stock in the earnings. It's had a huge run to the upside with a monster short interest, as the report, towards the end of the month. So, again, not to get into the brutal details of this, but do a little homework on Carvana over the weekend in the earnings at the end of February. Last so a couple, of, a couple of uh, takeaways real quick. So what I think is interesting is your, is your index uh, backstory there. You have to look at these ETFs that you're buying because when you have it so overweighted with Tesla, you don't know what you're buying, and you see a right. pullback in Tesla, and you have no clue why you just caved in your investment that you thought looked so great. And just you thought you're capturing a theme, but you really got ex- two stocks. Exactly. And when you look at Toyota Motors, even though the chart looks better than the entire industry's chart, other than Tesla, of course, when you look at it, it's only up a little over percentage point. So they've fought a lot of grinding. It's leveled out here. It's building a base. But keep an eye on that one, too, because that's binary as well. All righty. Coming up, we will dive deeper into the auto sector and Tesla later this hour, how options traders could manage the wild week for the stock. But first, our chart of the week. Mm. Markets seem to shrug off the coronavirus fears uh, and then pull back from records. Guy will tell us why this name grabbed his attention. And uh, be sure to watch or listen to us live all the time, on the go, anywhere, the CNBC app. 
We are live from Times Square in New York City and much more fast money coming right up after this. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. Markets breaking their four-day win streak Friday and pulling back from record highs, as you see there. It was a bit of a sell-off there late in the day. Uh, but even with today's drop, it was a strong week for stocks. The S&P 500 posting its biggest weekly gain since June. So was this pullback just some profit-taking or the sound of something bigger, Steve? I, I feel like the market is looking for a reason to pull back. I mm. feel like it was trade, then it was impeachment, and now we're looking at coronavirus. I think this could be a selling opportunity. Even, even though I'm constructive off a of bounce, I think the market wants to see much lower in the S&P before it goes higher. It was waiting for something to tip it. I think it's looking for some reason to get back down to that 200-day moving average, which unfortunately is right around 3K in the S&P. But let's, put the cart, let's not put the cart before the horse. 32.30 is your 50-day, 31.25 is your 100 there's a lot of wood to chop before we get to the 200. Guy? Agreed. 30-30 is my level in the S&P. But, yeah, I think that's where we should trade down to, given all, every, all the backdrop. And, again, the coronavirus does not seem to be getting much better. I think the market is underestimating that. Again, you have a weekend to look at this thing. Last Monday we came in, we had this huge up move for the first few days. I'm not sure we're going to repeat that next week. Midday, I hear they were tightening down in southeastern China around Guangzhou. Uh, the Shenzhen area, and so that means that there is, and that is one of the biggest uh, manufacturing areas of all in, of China. Yeah, and, and I, I think, though, I would rather talk about this in the context of what markets have done and what they kind of need to do. I, I, you know, the S&P moving 16% since October 3rd is, is, was something that needed to take a breath anyway. We were down 2.2% for the S&P last week, uh, and therefore coming in, I think, look, by Friday, we had, we had a nasty day last Friday, and I think people had a chance to kind of evaluate. It, it was amazing to me that as the coronavirus news didn't, I don't think it got a whole lot better this week. Um, again, the numbers started to build, uh, that the market actually took some confidence. I, I just think positioning was offsides. At Pardon? the end of the day... If you're bearish, you believe the market wants, needs, should go lower. And if you're bullish, frankly, that's what you should want, too, because the further you stretch it, then the more extended and dangerous it gets. Dips are what allow markets or stocks to go higher. So it's healthy. It's due for a dip. And if you're bearish, you think the dip turns into something. I, I also think that think about other times where we've we've questioned global growth. And, and we know that it's a global economy and the U.S. economy is certainly very linked to that. But we've actually traded as an island at times. And if you look at that payroll number out there this morning and why yeah, I, I was going to say US, the jobs number is good. jobs are growing at two and a quarter on, on average. But I, I do think that if you look at the payroll numbers and we talk about the consumer all the time on this show, um, you know, we are going to outperform in this country even in the face of this. And I think at some point you have to think about that as a trade too, because it becomes a flight to quality trade on equity. And speaking of that, the dollar, 
has been very firm, and that is not a particularly positive no, element if and as that continues. All righty. Uh, fears over the coronavirus continue to loom over the markets. For more on the virus and your money, please tune in to CNBC's special report, Outbreak Coronavirus. It is tonight at 7 p.m. after Mad Money. And if you think the stock market has, as markets have been glossing over all the risks out there, you might want to take a look at this. It's our chart of the week. Sure it is. What is it? What is it? It wow. is the, it's not the BLT. No, 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 it's not it's the BLT. The, it's the TLT. Ah. You know, it's funny Why about the BLT. I've ordered a BLT, <laughs> yeah. and I'd say the BLT without the T, because tomatoes on any sandwich to me are brutal. Is that, so you why don't do you like order it, though? <laughs> I get a BLT yeah, get without the, the T. You just, get a, you just get a BL? Exactly. Um, <laughs> With so, that said, probably time to TLT, yeah. look at the TLT. And this is something we talked about on the desk. I know CB Dubs is in agreement on this one, but I still think rates are going significantly lower. 149 in the TLT was basically the high in August. I think yields bottomed out around 141 or so. I think we're headed back to that level in the TLT, which means I still think rates fall, and we'll see what happens what with the broader them market. Down? What sends them down? I think Just that the- what sends them down has been exactly what's the forces working against them or for them for the last five years. You know, this global environment, the fact that I don't think the global economies are nearly as strong as people want to say, and the fact that negative yields seem to be ruling the day, and the U.S. seems to be destined to not get there, but get damn close. And how well utilities hold up, gold holds up, uh, even with the dollar strength. TLT, it all suggests that it's not quite the all-clear sign that the equity market is telegraphing. There's, there's no sign that the Fed is going to change gears on, on their liquidity trade at this point. And, and if you think about the reaction, uh, the reflation trade in the form of throwing liquidity out in the markets historically, that's what that's done. For QE, at least two, three, and four, it's had the opposite effect. And we've seen this with the ECB. If anything, you've started to see a rally in European banks once there was some sense that the ECB no longer believes in, in their own version of, of QE. And I, I think until the Fed changes gears, we have probably more of the risk of deflation than we have the risk of inflation. Final thought? You have one? Uh, I think the utilities have shocked a lot of people. Everyone thought they were overvalued. But the truth is, when you look at the chart, it's, it's pretty impressive how it keeps ratcheting up and forming bases. And I think to that point, if you're going to invest in gold, I always like uh, buying the G- GDX, which is the gold miner ETF. You have a little more leverage out of that. It's a three-to-one ratio. So no tomato, lettuce, and tomato sandwich no, no, no. for you guys. Tomatoes, I mean, I don't know who, what human when, being likes tomatoes when on When you order it with all those different instructions, do you, does it ever come right? Yes, when I go to the Burger King, where, where you know kids yeah. are king, or when you, whatever, yeah, they'll the hold the King. mayo. All right, no, they'll, 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 they'll hold the mayo. What was the line? Whopper, no tomato. Right. It always comes out right. Hold the, hold the lettuce. I just don't upset us. All right, coming up, Netflix goes to Hollywood, talking uh, top billing, uh, taking really top billing with most Oscar nominations this year. Can the streaming giant big the weekend's big winner? Julia Borston is live from the Dolby Theater. What's the red carpet buzz, Julia? Well, Tyler, the big question going into the Oscars this year is whether Netflix will make history and be the first streamer to ever bring home the top award of Best Picture. And this year, it has two films that were nominated. We'll break down why so much is at stake coming up after the break. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. 
See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Fast Money, everybody. Camera, lights, Netflix. The stock is uh, on autoplay since late September with shares gaining almost 50%. And the streaming service racked up the most Oscar nominations this year ahead of Sunday's big award show. But this weekend could be more important for Netflix than for traditional studios. Julia Borston joins us live from the red carpet with the details. Hi, Julia. Well, Tyler, the Oscars is a high-stakes test of whether Netflix can earn the ultimate honors from the Hollywood establishment. Netflix is more riding on Sunday's Oscars than any other studio, both in terms of reputation and dollars spent investing an estimated $70 million on awards marketing. It has so much riding on it because Netflix has the most nominations of any studio, 24, including two for Best Picture, followed by Disney and its Searchlight division with 22 nominations, then Sony with 20 and Warner Brothers and Universal with 12 and 11, respectively. Now, Netflix's film with the most nominations is Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Nominations include Best Picture and Best Director. Netflix spending a reported $160 million to produce this film and an estimated $25 to $30 million on award season marketing for this movie. So why is Netflix spending so much on marketing for awards? Well, Netflix says it isn't just targeting Academy voters, but also promoting its premium content to its subscribers and potential subscribers. Now, Netflix CEO Rita Hastings has said and analysts agree that awards are valuable to Netflix because they boost the company's ability to draw top talent. And the competition for talent is fiercer than ever with so many new streaming services vying not just for subscribers, but also for stars and content producers. Guys, back over to you. All right, Julia, thank you very much. So the question is, will Netflix continue to lead the way among the streamers? It is a business that is getting more crowded, it seems, Steve, every day. I didn't think this was going to have a stellar out-of-the-gates beginning to 2000 uh, to 2020 and it's done the opposite of what I thought it would do. I thought Netflix. People, Netflix has. I thought people would start worrying about valuation stretch. We had the, on the back of not the same companies, but on the back of we work testing all valuations and overbloating and no earnings. And if you look back at the rearview mirror, Netflix had an incredible run and I thought it was going to start petering out of growth. But it just seems to me that the market is rewarding it for being the only pure play in streaming. I do. My other play is Disney. I think that they're going to really start gaining market share. And, of course, Apple, big splash, has more subs than Hulu and Disney already out of the gate. So Netflix, Apple, Disney. Kind of overlooked there, D- Apple, on that point. I, I didn't not know a, that. Not a lot of content, but yeah. they're over. They're, they're roughly uh, 33 million or so. In subs yeah, it, and, who wants and the last word below. on this one before we move on to our final trade? Well, so they, they beat, and international subs were part of it. I think the expectations into that quarter were, were not terribly good. Reed Hastings has been very kind of encouraging about the competitive landscape, but basically saying uh, the move away from linear TV helps us all. Um, I still think this company needs to be profitable, and I think that's what this comes down to. But um, good for them. I mean, with those nominations, there's no question they're producing content, but what's the cost and what's the cash burn? Because the other guys are not burning cash like this. 
Well, that this show goes by so fast, I can't believe it. We've got is. final trades. Who wants to go first? I'll tell you what. You know, why not just do it as we normally do? Even though you're you, probably sick of me bang. talking, uh, I'll bang. just say we talked about GM early in the show, so let me get out of the way. But that valuation and that earnings dividend yield makes sense to me. Carter. I think you can do short autos through cars, ETF. And if you want to pick along, Toyota's as good as any. That, that, that was the chart you showed us earlier. Yep. Cars, short that one. Steve. GDX, the miners ETF. If you think the market's going to have a little bit of trouble getting past these next couple of months or so, GDX. All right, guys. Apologize to tomato farmers out there one time. <laughs> huge, huge 08 coming up. Oh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be here. And can I tell it on you, you bring the gas, We man. bring the heat. Energy. Thanks for that coffee earlier, bring man. The that gas. was what Is that it was. a compliment? <laughs> All right, we got to go. That does it fast money. Yeah. Don't Biogen. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 